Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast brought to you in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited, an episode uh, that's been probably longer in the making than we expected. We thought it would be last week, but it's turned out it's actually been uh, been this week before we've got round to doing it. Uh, I am John Phipps and on the phone now is a man I've got so many things I could intro, intro him with this week, uh, but all I'm going to say uh, is a man who, uh, if it added the word tournament into a question wouldn't have gotten anywhere near as much trouble as he did it's Steve Ball Matt Gerrard yes that was the quiz we did at the weekend which went well um another two more did I've written two more so there will be two more quizzes um so this weekend and their fake up special so yeah it was a bit of a fart uh, not fast it was it was I, I reworded I worded the question wrong which caused people to have meltdown in regarding a quiz. So I was I one of those who had a meltdown. Well, I didn't have a meltdown, but I just provided uh, unequivocal proof that I was right and you were wrong. So the, what the question should have been: Which player has scored for England for not playing in the top two divisions? That should have been the question. As I opposed to even... the question being: Who was the last player to be called up for England, based in England, not playing in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, basically, yes. So I didn't even normally I do double check my answers, but on that one. I was convinced it was Steve Ball. I didn't realise that Jay Bothroyd and, and David Nugent, who was one of my previous questions the previous week, uh, was one of the answers. So I had worded the question wrong. So, yes, it did cause a meltdown with the quiz. Uh, I got a bollock in from Tom, the producer, and it won't happen again. So, well, yeah, so I'm double checking the questions. I'll have to. From there, I didn't even. It should have been who scored from being outside the top two flights, but there you go. Well, you well, or even if you just said he'd been in a uh, in a champion in a named in a tournament squad because he went to Italia ninety, didn't he, Bully? Yeah, 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 he did. But I think he must have been playing in the. He wasn't playing in um, League Three or League well, Division Three then, was it? He must have been. No, but he was in. I think he would have been in the uh, in in what is now the Championship at that time. But it's amazing, nobody these days. If you'd scored the amount of goals that he did all through the leagues, he'd have been snapped up by Everton, and wouldn't he? Yeah, someone would have taken a punt on him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they I don't know why they didn't back in those days. So, it would have cost him, what, 750 grand, which was probably not much money those days, was it, really? And you, I'm not saying that. He did a good career at Wolves, didn't he? But, yeah, that, yeah, it didn't go down well, that quiz. So, double check, double check, triple check the questions. But there will be a quiz again this Saturday. Um, and the following Saturday is the FA Cup final quiz. And then we'll probably give it a break for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, oh. it's, it's been, I've quite enjoyed doing it. So, um We've got about 50 people on. So if you want to fancy a quiz this weekend, follow me on Twitter and, and on the Kent Non-League podcast. They will tweet the um, the link to it as well. So three o'clock on a Saturday. And I will give commentary on the Bundesliga as well, because I love that in the background. <laughs> of course, yes. So th- those Twitter handles are at Matthew underscore Gerard. And uh, of course, the Kent Non-League podcast is at Kent NL podcast. Uh, as people will have seen, if they follow that uh, aforementioned Twitter account, uh, a minute ago, I, pre- I put out a list of things we we're going to be talking about in this week's show. I have... In front of me, I've just jotted down some some topics. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifth, sixteen items on my uh, on my sheet, and I would say all but five of them had absolutely nothing to do with football. So uh, let's just work our way through it. What what TV have you been watching, mate? Oh, loads. Uh, normal people on BBC. The Irish yeah, one, enjoyed I've heard that. Of that. I wanted, I wanted. I think we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah. Watch that. I've finished Friday night dinner. I have gone on to Stranger Things. So we're on the second series of Stranger Things, which we're enjoying. Not really into the sci-fi sort of side, but I quite enjoy that. I'm back on season three of The Crown. Um, and there's other stuff I've watched. So, um, any other comedy comedy ones? Yeah. So basically, yeah, I'm just. 
Right, any more recommendations for comedies now, really? That's my uh, anything. I do like a you know, you know a 25 minute, 20 minute comedy. Um, after I did this country, flea bag. So if you've got any recommendations for comedies, that's the one at the moment. I'd like to 20 minute sort of blocks. Have you watched Afterlife? I assume. Yeah, I've watched that. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that with uh, Ricky Gervais. Uh, I preferred the um, the other characters compared to him, if you understand what I mean. So yeah, okay. we we just watched the first series. We watched that uh, over the weekend. We watched the first series, and we're going to get into the second series. But yeah, uh, very enjoyable, very heartwarming uh, sort of thing. Other things I've been watching: uh, Formula One Drive to Survive. I'm I'm quite a fan of that actually, and I think it's really, really, really well done. Uh, uh, Formula One's an interesting one because a lot of people don't like it, and, and I think I'd probably like it more than most. I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a massive fan, but I quite enjoy watching it, and, and I enjoy the sort of side of it. And that documentary is absolutely fabulous. I don't know if you've seen it. No, what's that? What, what channel is that on? It's on Netflix. Oh, so, so basically, how they become a Formula One driver, is it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. There's there's. Uh, oh, I'll get onto that. There's there's that Michael Jordan thing. I'm not really into basketball, but everybody raves about that. Yeah. Oh, and it's not really about how they get into it, but basically it's, it's, uh, so it was, a, it started, uh, in 2018. So they followed like the, the circuit around the, the 2018 season. Uh, but they didn't, in the first year, they didn't get any access to Ferrari or Mercedes, which was quite, uh, interesting. But then you see the drivers and that, like they talk, they talk to the drivers and they tell you everything that's going on and, and their thoughts and, and like when they're, like, things about transfer teams, they, they really go behind the scenes of Formula One. And, and I think it's really interesting. So they've done two seasons now. Obviously, they would have done a third, but uh, there hasn't been much of a season uh, so far. But it's, it's a really, really enjoyable program. It's really, really well done. Like it's, it's a, I think it's 10 episodes a season, about 35 minutes. Um, and it's not all done in chronological order. So they'll focus on one team one week and then they'll focus on, and then they'll just pop back into them. It's, it's brilliant. It's re- I think it's a really, really, really well done uh, piece of work. So, um, right. Also on my list, I have uh, more TV programs that I want to talk about. Um, we've been watching uh, the celebrity SAS Who Dares Wins. Have, have you ever seen that? Uh, I saw the trailer for it, but it's like Katie Price and people on that. And it's so no, that's not really my thing, but are these people doing a job? Are they being tough as old boots? They're, they're, well, it's, I mean, it is absolutely grueling and uh, it's, it's very, very interesting to watch it. But I do have one issue with it and I'm getting the beat machine uh, ready for this because I, I feel actually quite strongly about it. Because I like an F and a Jeff as much as the next don't get me wrong, I don't mind swearing. I think it's funny at times. You know, I will swear, I will F, I will blind, I'll even drop in the C word. But on this SASFAF, everything is this, this, You need to get a grip. There's no need to put that word in all the time. You know, I find it quite uncomfortable watching because I just think they overuse the swear words. And, and you know, I mean, I, I have no problem with swearing, but I just think... You know, sometimes they're just saying it for the sake of saying it, and, and that kind of puts me off. But it's an enjoyable programme. Going back to Ricky Gervais's, I think the swearing in that is OTT. We doesn't really need it in a certain part of it. So, um, yeah, I can see what it is. But, yeah, I do like a good swear myself. But, yeah, sometimes it does get a little bit OTT. So I'm with you on that. So who's anybody tough as old boots in that programme, are they? Um, do you know what? What's interesting is I think there's six left at the moment, and the the ones who are sort of getting the most 
Jip are the ones who you'd think would be quite good. Uh, and it's like the little wispy girls like uh, Helen Skelton and uh, Nikki Sanderson from Hollyoaks seems to just be sort of getting on with stuff. And it's very interesting that they're sort of toughing things out. I mean, th- there was a, an incident in the episode we watched last night where um, Brendan Cole from Strictly Come Dancing had to carry uh, the box of Tony Bellew. And I'm like, that's that's hard going. And he didn't get on with it. So, you know, it's it's, it's tough. Is it a new programme or has it been on before? I think this is the second celebrity series. Right. I think they also do like civilian series as well. So, right. uh, also, uh, have you watched Van der Volk? Yes, we have, and that's uh, we saw the first two. Um, it annoys me a bit because certain people speak in the Dutch accent, <laughs> and certain people don't. But I think I think that was the same as the Van der Volk, the original series with somebody called Barry. I remember, I can't remember his surname though. So yeah. it, it's 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 curry, It's a bit slow and it probably could be done in an hour rather than an hour and a half but it, some of it annoys me a little bit but yeah, I I, they, they managed to make them all very convoluted and, and yeah. uh, i watched the third episode i saw i've seen uh, that was the last one and like very randomly they just brought in a massive storyline that would have affected the whole series so far and it just appeared in the last episode which i found a bit strange but uh, it was very very entertaining i i i, I quite enjoyed it um Does it right. annoy you that they, they don't speak in a in an English accent and from there do you know it doesn't because it, it sometimes annoys me when I go to things like especially when you go to theatre shows and like they're all forcing themselves to put on American accents when they're doing a show in England for English people even if it's set in America so you know and, and I talked about this when I watched Chernobyl uh, one of the beauties of that was it was based in Russia but they all spoke English and I, I didn't have a problem with that at all so it doesn't bother me too much you know it's it's one of those things isn't it yeah yeah it's just certain like the, the bad people in it have to you know who the bad ones are because they've got the dutch accent <laughs> and there are people that haven't on there so talking of accents actually uh i do have written down on my piece of paper uh of my notes bristol accent because i feel like uh during the quiz not the weekend gone the weekend before um you did a what i would term offensive uh bristol accent and uh, as someone uh, who lives with a Bristolian? Uh, I found it quite hard taking. I, I think your your accent was a little bit on the on the pirate side when they're actually just they're just normal people. Uh, it was uh, Bristol Rovers like that. Speak a bit like that, Bristol Rovers. So you see, now I'm fluent in Bristol. I speak Bristol. I because I, right. I lived there and I speak them all and I can do it. And they find my accent quite realistic, but yours was a bit over the top. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, to be honest, I don't really like that, that sort of accent. So I'm the side of your other half is. It's not my favourite accent. If you watch normal people, the Irish one, you can see that's probably the best accent. Trust me, sometimes it's hard hearing a Bristolian accent all the time, especially when it's <laughs> uh, when it's uh, d- d- firing negatives at you, which uh, often <laughs> happens. Right, uh, right. Last couple of things on my list, then. Right, I'm going to have a bit of a pop at people now. Uh, the, we, we've discussed this program several times uh, in our time. Uh, on the Kent on podcast, uh, Love Island. Uh, as regular listeners will know, I got into Love Island last summer uh, and quite enjoyed it. Watched it again this year. Obviously, uh, the summer series of Love Island has been postponed. Uh, absolutely the right decision to make. Uh, there will be no Love Island this year. I've got got no problem with that. What I do have a problem with is when it was announced, people all over Twitter and Facebook saying, 
good oh good i've never watched it but i'm glad it's been cancelled now i'm not being funny but if you've never watched something how can you be so delighted that it's not existing anymore if there are people that enjoy something so be it as long as it's not illegal i i don't like rugby i'm not pleased that the rugby season's been cancelled you know it's it's, i just think that social media has turned people into absolute bellends for once of a better word oh i don't watch this i'm glad it's been cancelled i don't i don't like this even though i've never seen it what what is wrong with people why can't we just all get along everyone's just so negative all the time i know we're in bloody lockdown but but just get on with it i think um if you go on social media on these things that you've got people like piers morgan who who seems to want to criticize everything from the government and etc like that it's just it's just the nature of the beast i'm afraid um do i agree with some of boris johnson's decisions probably not but would i go on social media and spill my guts out about this no i wouldn't so i'm one of these people who doesn't really do much social media apart from advertising what we're doing i don't put uh, things on uh, about my life so uh, for me yeah just rein it in basically i'm not interested in anybody else's opinion um well, well, am I interested? That's, that's it's an interesting point. Am I interested in people? Uh, sometimes, but one of the reasons I came off Facebook is because you watch that and you think, I, I'm not really, I don't care about whatever your life was doing. And sometimes in the back of your mind, you think, should I be doing my life a little bit different? And that's why I came off it. So that's why I, I, I stick to Twitter. My other thing about Facebook at the moment is everybody just talking about their kids. And it's like, I don't care about your children. You know, uh, like if if I cared about your children, I would text you and ask you, or I would speak to you and ask you. I don't need to see a picture every day of your kid doing something, you know. And I think it's it's a real sort of mental health thing. I think sometimes because you know people just post things about having kids and and so on and so forth, and I don't think they think of the bigger picture. You know, I don't think they think that people might be looking at that who would love to have children but don't. And I think it's a really, really horrible mindset that we've got where people just go, oh, look at my kid. And and the one thing that really, really bugs me, and I know lots of people like this, whenever it's someone's kid's birthday, they're always kind, funny, amazing little kids. So the other 364 days of the year, what are they? I, I can guarantee you know that these kids aren't perfect i mean matt i i've met both of your children a couple of times they're lovely girls but are they well behaved all the time no exactly you know, as, I am, as, I said this, realist. as i said in this in this time we've been together 80 percent of the time they're brilliant really enjoy it the other 20 percent they're right pain in the backside so and and they're constant bickering with each other if somebody thinks oh she's got less homework than me it's not fair I said, well that's life get on with it but it's um yeah, it's just one of those things. Isn't it? I, just, I just find it really hard when people just want to. I think the thing is, is on Facebook, people want to paint the picture of a perfect life. And do you know what? With the stuff that's happened to us over the past few years, life ain't perfect. Life is tough. So, you know, I, I, I'm i really happy for people who are happy in their life, but don't ram it down my throat all the time. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to know that your kid's done that. I don't need to know that your kid's danced to a song. I just don't care. So please, if you do, if you are on Facebook and do that sort of thing, please stop it, because it really, really, really does get on my goat. Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. But again, I, I take it with a pinch of salt on social media and certain things. So, yeah, But a lot of things now, if you go on there, I follow a few teachers and the teachers are really going off on one. So about going back to school. So, but they, they don't seem to want to go back. And uh, my good friend, Tom, he's also, I think the, going on that, the government have sort of said schools can go back without really thinking about how it's actually going to work, to be honest. 
Yeah. Do, do you think your kids would be able to socially distance at school? Um, Megan probably would. Georgia less so, but Megan could be going back. So, but we've got to make that decision if we're going to send her back. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, right, a couple more things on my list before we move on. And I might even chuck some that aren't going to make it into the end. Uh, obviously, we have, Matt, we haven't spoken since my TV appearance. But were you impressed? I, I did see you, yep, yeah, on the television um, about that. How long were they there? Did they social distance with the big microphone? They social, social distanced excellently uh, from, yeah, we were uh, a, a long way away all the time. They were there for, they were only with us for about 15 minutes. Um, did Hayley they... Was, um, did they did he is it the bloke you in the office did he say oh i remember you from the office did he he did i remembered him and then i said to him at the end he went i said Don't, do you recognize me he went oh yeah of course but hey was a bit annoyed because obviously we both stood there and um that they cut all of her um words out so she spent quite a long time describing them as um bristolian racist saying that they didn't like her accent that wasn't the case <laughs> but um she actually spoke really well so it was quite annoying that she wasn't on there but it was a good bit of publicity. Our phone number was on there. I was on BBC Radio Sussex as well last week. So, you know, just trying to spread the word and keep ourselves out there because we are going to reopen at some point in the future. You never know when. Um, but uh, at some point we will. And the other thing I want to say about my TV appearance was you did text me and say I could have had a shave. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I had a beard. Uh, you had to deal with it. Um, last Monday, I tried to trim it and it didn't go well. So the beard went uh, so I'm now in the process of regrowing it. Uh, just would so. you add, what do you mean it didn't go well? Do you have to use trimmers or a normal razor? I, well, I just tried to use my my like the ones I would normally use, and I tried to use do it sort of graded, thinking it would like, come off like quite because it did need a little bit of a trim, and I thought oh, I would leave it quite nice, and I started doing it, and it just too much came off, and I was like oh, I'm just going to start again then. So that was that. So uh, it, how it, long will it take you to get back to that level? Probably about four or five weeks, I'd imagine. So. Uh. So uh, I am growing my hair because you got decided, yeah exactly and I've never really had long hair so I'm going to see I'm going to I'm at least going to go to the my birthday at the end of July without having my hair cut which will be about six months oh, I don't know what it looks like so um so at least I'll give it see what it looks like with a bit of long hair but I've got thick hair so it probably look doesn't look very good but I'm going to give it just like Jesus yeah 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 I don't think I would know. All right, let's move on then and talk about some football. Obviously, we the reason we didn't do the show last week was because we were waiting uh, for the news from the uh, f- from the National League, which in turn we think is going to come when the Football League make an announcement. Uh, and when that's going to be, nobody seems to have a clue. Uh, so as things stand, the National League is still in limbo. Uh, we, we obviously know there are going to be no more regular fixtures uh, this season. Uh, so, but it is just a matter of whether they're going to just completely null and void the season as has been forced upon the leagues below them, or if they're going to try and play the playoffs or, or what's going to happen. And I think it does all depend on what happens in the football league about possibly Barrow being promoted, whatever uh, we shall see. Uh, Tumbridge Angels have released a statement uh, yesterday uh, saying while we posi- while we continue to wait for a decision on how the National League would want to conclude the season, uh, given no more league games will be played, supporters may wish to understand our response to the consultation carried out by the National League in April. Uh, this was the basis of a letter sent by the chairman, Dave Netherstreet, to the National League. Uh, a, the club wants to see the current season end with immediate effect. Uh, they want confirmation that there is no relegation from either the North or South Leagues due to the abandonment of the leagues below. Uh, They say the club's view is that points need to be allocated for games that will not be played to adjudge the final league placings. Uh, The easiest, though maybe not the fairest method, is average points per game. 
the club is unable to comment on whether the, or not playoffs should take place at, or if there's be relegation from the National League, as they feel that the, the clubs with the opportunity to participate in the playoffs will need to make their own decisions based on financial implications and impact on the club. Uh, Tunbridge Angels themselves, they add, uh, will be unable to host or play any more games to complete the season as there is no income at the present moment and they would not be able to play behind closed doors even with the furlough scheme in operation. Uh, any proposal to play games would put the club's future at risk. Uh, and their final point, F, uh, the furlough scheme still requires the club to find that PAYE and national insurance contributions for extra strain on what is already a financial nightmare. Uh, so Tumbridge Angels have had their say, Matt. Uh, uh, we have also seen Tumbridge Angels, uh, their news is that Steve McKim uh, will be staying uh, on as, as manager uh, there uh, for next season. Uh, so Tunbridge Angels, they, they, they've done their job, I suppose, because I, I can't see that they'll be able to be relegated. Uh, so fair play to them and they can build for next year. Yeah, if you're not promoted from the other leagues, you can't really relegate, I would have thought. So, so yeah, they, 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 I think they would have stayed up because they had numerous games. I think the more financial constraints for them. How many home games have had this calendar year? Probably about one, <laughs> yeah. which will be a concern. I, so, in some ways, it puts them on an even footing with a lot of other club, um, other clubs with them now. So, no, no, Steve McKim, I think that's been good that they um, decided to go with him. I think that was a good decision. And we'll wait to go from there. And when, when football will come back, I'm sure they will be... Um, uh, you, the experience they've had this season will be good for them. And they'll go again. And, and again, their key for them is to stabilise themselves as a National League South side and, and a division which could look different if many sides haven't got much money. It could be a, a real interesting division next season. But uh, I think uh, if they can stabilise themselves over the next couple of seasons in this division, they'd be absolutely delighted with that. I think for them, with 11 games left to play, uh, they will actually come out of a points per game uh, pretty well. I think they will definitely move above St Albans and probably above Billericay, Concord and Dulwich Hamlet as well, and maybe even Eastbourne Borough. Uh, so that things will, uh, sorry, Angels will move up the table. Just trying to work out very quickly points per game uh, in the playoff situation would be an interesting one because Hampton and Richmond, 33 games played 47 points in eighth, and Dorking Wanderers have played two games more and got three points more. So uh, I think Hampton Richmond on points per game would maybe just sneak in there if that was uh, if that was the, the the final thing. But yeah, I mean it's it's such a uh, a difficult situation, and I am of the mindset now that we should just wipe it all out because that's never been my view before. Uh, however. When the, the FA made the decision for steps three to six to be completely cancelled, I think that that should be the decision that's taken everywhere. I don't see why it should be one rule for one, one rule for the other. And to, to be brutally honest, as I said on social media, I am absolutely disgusted that uh, the FA have told the Premier League that null and void is not an option for them. Now, I don't know why the FA, well, I do, it's, it's pound signs. But I don't know why the FA can be so quick to make a decision that's ruined the season for steps three to six uh, and just completely wipe that out and then tell the Premier League, well, you're not allowed to do that. It, it's got to be one for all and one uh, one for all and all for one. My, my view was always let's finish this season. And I, I still sort of would stand by that. I think that we should just say, right, the football's on hold 
when it's safe to do so we will resume and we will resume with what is left of this season and that's that and that we will finish this season then we'll start a, a new season whenever that may be it could be a half season whatever that would have been the sensible thing to do but if you're going to cull all the, all the leagues at the bottom then you've got to cull the leagues at the top as well and you know I, I just think we should have found a way to, to finish the season if the Premier League are finishing the season then why can't the scaffold but I just think it, it, it's an absolute mess and I don't understand this desperate desire to get back to playing football when you know people are still dying and and football is is the least of anybody's worries. And I'm seeing things now like all oh, players won't be allowed to tackle, and if they are tackled, they have to turn their faces away. Why put the players at risk? Why put people who work at clubs at risk? Why put broadcast people at risk just for a bit of money? Let's just say football is cancelled until it is safe to resume. Yeah. I'm still going on the basis, even though two weeks on, that we would have thought that the the National League will be cast, will be finished, and it's up to them if it's going to be null and void, and it's all to do with, with Barrow, which we've been through from there. The Premier League, if they're not going to abandon the Premier League, which I don't think they will, just wait as when you can do it. These ridiculous statements, we might have to play 45 minutes each way, or X amount That's of subs. We'll anyway. yeah, well, it's 45 minutes... Yeah, you know what I mean. Forty, half an hour each way. They thought about that at some point, haven't they? Yeah. And also, you know, turning your face away from um, uh, a tackle, which I think is farcical. But the Premier League say, right, nothing's happening this month. We're going to give it all three weeks, and we'll try it again. We'll have another meeting on the middle of June, and keep going forward and forward and forward like that. This non-stop every day. Is it going to be on? Is it going to be on? And these statements coming out. It is seems a bit of a farce. So. When will football get back to normality? I think the Premier League is not holding itself in a very good steady. If the players don't really want to play, which a few of them have actually said as well, I think um, you need to have a good hard look at himself. I mean, it's all to do with money. Um, I think there's more important things in life than football. You know, don't abandon this season, but at least, um, you know, do it when you need to do it if it comes to that point. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously UEFA have kind of led the led the line by saying they want everything finished by a certain date. But these are unprecedented situ- circumstances. We've got to find a way around it. And uh, as I've kind of said, I think I've said this on three previous podcasts. If it was September when this had struck and with the season had just started, then I wouldn't have a problem with saying, right, let's just forget about it. Let's move on. But we're so near the end of the season. You know, some teams have got a handful of fixtures left to play. And... It just seems like absolutely pointless that all that work has been completely wiped out. But my decision, my opinion remains, if you're going to say three to six gone, why is everything else not gone at the same time? Uh, yeah, I don't know why the National League is, is hanging on for this. It seems that the EFL um, leagues one and two are going to be abandoned. Everybody seemed to know that about 10 days ago, but nothing seems to have been made about that, which I think they're going to do the promotion and relegation. But the feeling is they'll ask the questions, same questions from there. So you could be going on down the line for all this. So, But I think if they're calling that off, the National League will be calling it off. The only thing in our league we're worried about, probably, if they're going to relegate and promote it, what I've said before, promote Barrow, the rest of it stays as it is for next season. But then so, but then the National League will be down to 23 teams. That's the problem, isn't it? Exactly. Well, that, that, that's, that, that's what they're going to have to do, I think. Play with, play with um, extra teams, play with one team less. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I would have thought that's the thing. Um, I, unless you have a super playoff between uh, 
what was it, Kings Lynn at the top of the north and, and Wheelstone at the top of the south? I don't know, to, to make it 24 in that league. And then what, but it's, it's just, this is the problem, you see. It's all, it's all just a mess. A mate of mine is a Bolton fan, and uh, obviously they're in a pretty dire situation at the bottom of League One. Uh, and we did sort of have a conversation along the lines of, you know, what happens to them if they decide that that's null and void? Then obviously they will stay up by by the something that they probably don't deserve. But they had a point deduction at the start of the season. Should that point deduction be put back on for the next season when that starts? Yes, I presume they said they're going to relegate sides, aren't they? Because they they will relegate sides. But if if they don't, Bolton should probably use thirty points. But Bolton are going to go down. Yeah, it's, it's, what, what is this? What's your mate's opinion of it all? Well, he was just like he's just he, he was saying, "I hope we can stay up," but uh, that seems unlikely, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> well, South, yeah, yeah. I presume they will if because it's different because they want the Championship sides want to go into the Premier League. The Premier League, I think they'll probably end the leagues there, work it out how they're going to do it, and there will be promotion and relegation. So Bolton, unfortunately, will go down. I presume. As we're one short, Stevenage will stay up, or Max what it will be, and they'll just give Barrow up, and that's what it is. Because the National League, we've said this before, won't want to give up their place in the league. If they, they will say, well, if you don't give us Barrow, we might take one of your promotion places away. So Barrow exactly. will get promoted. So it's just, I think the National League holding on to the coattails of the Football League, I think they're only doing it for the Barrow reason. Exactly. Uh, right, let's keep uh, moving on then. Uh, we're gonna, we've got a couple of bits and pieces of news uh, floating around, but we've said all the way through this, there will be clubs who are winners and clubs who are losers uh, in the null and void decision uh, further down the pyramid. And I think uh, the person we're going to speak to now uh, is both a, a winner and a loser uh, in the scenario that's happened. Uh, we're going to speak to Luke Walland. Uh, who is the new manager of Snodland Town. And we spoke about Snodland uh, a couple of weeks ago when their previous manager left. Uh, Matt was blissfully unaware where Snodland was until he asked his uh, eldest daughter um, about it. But uh, Luke has an interesting story because Luke uh, was the manager of Staplehurst Monarchs. Now, Staplehurst Monarchs won uh, the Kent County League uh, in 2018-19. Uh, but just missed out on promotion because of ground grading. Uh, their ground didn't quite come up to scratch. Uh, and this season, they were a long way clear. I think they were seven points clear, uh, as you'll hear, with with not many games left to play. Uh, so obviously, Luke has built a really, really strong side there. Uh, and I, I really distinctly remember uh, the uh, the statement from the scaffold when the league was abandoned, mentioning clubs below who've worked so hard to get themselves ready to be in the scaffold for next season. And obviously, uh, Stablehurst Monarchs are one of those. They've got their ground up to scratch. Uh, The knock-on of all of this was when Stablehurst Monarchs were told they wouldn't be promoted, uh, Luke felt it was time for him to move on. And the vacancy at Snodland Town, which isn't too far away uh, from Stablehurst, uh, made perfect sense for him. So last week, uh, I spoke to Luke Walland, and you'll hear uh, a lot about Stablehurst, a lot about Snodland. Uh, and I think this is a really, really interesting chat. So here he is, the new Snodland Town manager, Luke Walland. It's, um, it's something me and the squad have wanted to do, is the scaffold. Um, obviously, we, which I've been at State Nurse for a few years now, um, built from kind of coming into management and wasn't where I was going to be at the age, which is probably about five, six years ago now. So that put me about 29. Um, so I still see playing, but obviously State Nurse, I'm managing at the time, your work commitments um, and life commitments, and he sort of stepped out. 
Um, it was going to be one of the in-house secretaries. Um, was a football man, but more behind the scenes and great behind the scenes. And I kind of put my, my hat in. Um, and obviously, I know a few players at the time, so it was probably the best move for Stapler, so they put me in. So that's kind of where it started. Um, I live in Stapelhurst, so my idea was to build Stapelhurst to the best I can. And then if it needed me stepping out to progress it more, then so be it. Um, or I'll just carry on as long as I could. Um, and that's where we are kind of now, is I've got it as best as I can, um, which obviously I know this year has been kind of ruined by, by the COVID-19, which is fine, it is life, and it's unfortunate, and everyone's in the same boat. Um, but the problem I've got in the last couple of years, as, as stapler's, we've done, we've done really well. Um, we are like a local village side that's progressed and progressed and done the right movements behind the scene, great chairman, great people around, the management committee are, are awesome, but it's just got to the time, like last year, we didn't quite meet the grading. Um, in my opinion, I think it was a bit harsh and probably anyone involved in the club believes it was a bit harsh, but so be it, it it's life again. And then this year, obviously, to be where we are in a position, seven points clear, um, we lost three points through, uh, through a player that was signed in pre-season um, but wasn't fully, fully signed. And that was in a game against Hawkins. I think we won 7-0, 7-1. He came on for 20 minutes. So we lost three points in that, which was a bit of a killer at the time. But as it worked out, it worked out quite well. And we managed to get to where we, where we thought we was deservedly suited in the top of the table, seven points clear. Um, so, yeah, another great season. And everyone looks at the way it's finished and... People say points per game. People say give whoever's in the positions, that's where they are. And some people said, no, they should carry on. And eventually players said, no, let's, let's not avoid it. So, like, non-officially, we kind of won the league. I think seven, eight games to go, seven points clear. And everyone, like, you look at the Premier and they say some of the top sides in relegation have got easier games than some of the other sides. It, it works for everyone in different ways. Um, but as a club, we felt we would have won the league when Vibor won one point in the end. Um, we kind of thought we was on. So we've had, the last couple of years have been really great. We've won, we've, in theory, we've won the league twice, um, not officially on the second time. So it's been good. It's been good. So I suppose the difficulty has been that you've done a brilliant job at Staplehurst, but you've had to leave, and I've read your statement that you made, but you, you and your players have decided to move on because you want to challenge yourself at the next level up, and, and this was the only way to do it. Truthfully, yeah. The nail on the head. He's, he's basically, we've got to that level. We're doing so well in the county league. Great league great chairman um, we've done so so well and I've managed to keep the boys for two years pretty solid I added a couple this year um, cut the rough diamonds that have done amazing um, and yeah we've got to that stage that how long can you hold on in the county league and as, as per my statement there there was eight nine players in my side that have been off the scaffold next year and I, I, like I say I know we don't know when the league's going to start um but as an ex-player myself, if you get offered bigger and better, maybe money, maybe not money, maybe just bigger and better, although the league isn't started, we don't know when the clubs are all going to be affiliated to what league and so forth and so on, you, you've almost done the deal before it starts. So that was my massive problem with Stable Earth. Um, I had the, the players that wanted to play Skeffel, um with Stable Earth, if I'm honest, if they wanted to do it as a club, we are... As a club, it was we're quite close knit. Um, it's like a little mini family. So they wanted to be with Stapler, but the null and void from the FA means it's not going to happen. 
Um, some of them are getting older, some are young, some have progressed, developed with us and want to go on again. And that, that was the stumbling block with Stabler's, that they want to go to get full. And as it stands now with the SA, and it may change, it may not change, it's we can't deliver scheduled football with Stabler's at the moment. So Snodland then, I mean, it's, it's a, a place with a bit of potential, I think. And the team, if you do well, I think people will come and watch you. Truthfully, yeah. As, as me as a person, manager, it's player, I look at it. Um, I spoke to Dave, the chairman. He turned his back to me in the last year. Um, maybe one of ten, I don't know. But spoke to him about it last year. Time wasn't right for me last year because I'm loyal to whatever club I go to. I'll be as loyal as I can. And the lads are loyal as, as much as they can be. And just to look at Snodland, it's... It's got the stand, it's got the other bits and pieces going on. They're in Seffel, they've got the new clubhouse being built with the changing rooms. And yeah, for me as a manager, um, didn't know where I'd be as a manager in 10 years from taking Stapleers. I I took management on because because of the situation with Stapleers, but now it's got to the stage that there's like natural progression to be had. And the Scaffold thing, Snodland, yeah, Snodland, Snodland looks a great place to be at. I suppose that the, the the interesting knock on of everything that's happened is there's still going to be four promotion places from that division, and we've seen teams recently like Punjab and Wellingtown do very very well coming up from the Kent County League into the scaffold. And you'll be hoping your players can do the same. Totally. Um, we look, I looked at that. I, if I'm honest, that was one of the, one of the things I looked at. Um, Snodland, great facilities, like you said. They want to push on. And also, with it null and void, there, there is four places up for grabs next year. Um, with my side doing so well, I know it's the county league and not the scaffold. There's, there's players in there, obviously, like we just said, that can go scaffold and have been asked to go scaffold. So in theory, the eight, nine that have been asked to go scaffold means I'm almost taking a fully side that's scaffold level. Um, there's been loads of interest, to be honest. I've had quite a lot of messages, WhatsApps and Facebook messages coming through to the players they want to come over. Um, you, also, you also have players in the side that know players that are playing Skeffel or dropped out of Skeffel for a year. And it, it's looking good. It, it really is. There's a lot, lot of interest from it. And, and, and I suppose that the, the step up is something you're really looking forward to as a young manager. If, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I think we're in the FA Vars. I don't think we play for the FA Cup because obviously where they've been coming in position in the league. Um, but just being in the FA Vars is a buzz. Um, the players will enjoy it. The Tuesday night games or Wednesday night games, whatever it may be, they'll enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, as a manager for myself, it's an opportunity. Um, and for me, it's, I don't know, there could have been six, seven clubs come in for me. Um, but looking at Snodland and what they're trying to do, and speaking to Dave, um, he spoke to the board, etc. It, it looks like a good place for me to go and, and see how we get on. And obviously, uh, I suppose the, the things is, uh, as you've already said, we don't know when football is going to start. Uh, and I suppose we've all got to look at this and say we can only start when we're ready, can't we? Totally. When the government says it's right to go out and get near each other, that's the time the wheels can go in motion and we can kind of plan pre-season. Because, I mean, you see the Twitters and stuff and people are trying to plan pre-season. I don't disagree with that. It's good to be good to be programmed in. Um, and it's a conversation I had with Dave, and what, what our plan is to give it a couple more weeks, see see where the land lies, and then go from there full steam ahead. Book a pre-season. Um, the club's offered us new track season, polo shirts, which is lovely. 
um, and, and see where we go when you start, start putting everything in motion and, and get ready for the season. And just finally, I suppose, looking at Staplehurst and the Kent County League, it's obviously been a, a great ride for you there. Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, my, my statement I put out is, is truthful. Um, it, it's exactly how I felt. Um, there would have been nothing better for me and the team and the players, the management to progress as Staplehurst. But different circumstances and, and, and the circumstances that might happen in the world, you can't you can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, next week. Um, and obviously getting that null and void on the season, we kind of thought that you need promotion to get to Skeffel. Um, it wasn't wasn't to be, unfortunately. So that's why we've gone to Snodland. Um, like I say, Snodland, great opportunity. You've said it. They're, they're progressing. They want to progress. The conversation I've had with Dave, he doesn't want to be... I know third to bottom, fourth to bottom. Um, the way they're doing the stuff behind the scenes and yes, they're putting in, they, they want to try and get results. Um, and that's hopefully something I can deliver with my players plus the other players that are interested. Um, we'll see because the players can be interested, but it changes overnight with them. I've offered and you go elsewhere. So when, when everything's in place and we're allowed to do pre-season, we're allowed to do training, um, you'll probably see how, how good we could be or how bad we could be. But for me as an outsider, as a manager that's done well for a couple of years, I'm going now with the hope we can we can get in that top four and go, go straight up. As I say, Matt, winners and losers. And, and, and I guess for him, he, he kind of... He, he was very, we had a really good chat uh, both on and off the record and I think he was at real pains to say you know I, I'm really excited about Snodland but I think he's also really disappointed that his Staplehurst dream has, has come to an end yeah I think one of the things that on this when we do the pod is there's so many up-and-coming people managers who are out there and who want to test themselves at a higher level so I think He's done that. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to do it with the club. I think he probably would have wanted to. But now he's got a chance at a high level. He'll take a lot of the players with him, which he will do. And he'll go from there. So I, th- I do feel a bit sorry for Staplehurst losing it. They can't go to the next level. But he's thought about himself here. And he's gone to a club in Stodland that he thinks can be, can be uh, uh, do a job with it. Again, I like the bit when he said it could work out and it couldn't do with the players might know the standard. And we'll go from there. But... What I do like about this pod, there's a lot of people out there who've got done a lot of hard work in the real, real grassroots of football. And now they've got the opportunity to give it, have a go at a higher level. And I don't think you can criticise anybody who wants to give themselves a go at that. I, th- I think uh, that the key thing for him was he, he said a lot of his players were saying, look, we're, we, we're going to be able to play in the scaffold next season. And I think he's he's worked so hard on, on moulding that team. And he did also say to me uh, afterwards from his chat and that all the players who were at Snodland uh, last season or the season that should be still just about finished uh, will get a chance as well. They're, they'll be welcome to come down. And he's spoken to a couple of them and, and he's quite excited about the players that he's going to be able to add into his squad as well. Um, that are already there. But I think, you know, for him, he's obviously moulded a team and he didn't want to see that team get broken apart. And the nature of the league is that he'll be able to just take that team that team, and put it somewhere at the level that they frankly deserve to be at. And, and I guess, you know, he put a statement out on his Twitter and, and you could tell that, that he was disappointed that he'd had to leave. Um, but it, it's, it's one of those things. And, and as I say, the, the winners in this are the, the club of Snodland Town. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, I don't know much about Snodland. He's brought the players in, and they'll go from there. And it, is there? 
we've seen players at different levels. If they feel they can do it in the Kent Counter League, they're going to give it in a scaffold and they're going to give it a go. And we'll, we'll wait to see when that division will, comes back to life, how they get how they get going. Another side we'll keep an eye out for, John, because we know in that in the scaffold two, there's some um, sides who'd like to be in scaffold one and we're interested to see how they get on. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, as I said in there, there is the, the, the fact of people do kind of get into... Um, you know, it is a league that you can kind of go straight through because we did see that with Punjab and with Wellington. And I'm just double checking, but I've got a feeling we might have seen that with Kennington as well, who I think last year was Kennington's first year in Scaffold Division 1. I may be wrong on that, uh, but they were flying high um, top of the league, weren't they? So, you know, it's 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 very, very interesting um, to to see that. And, and you know, I, I think they can they can absolutely fly through it. Well, I think you look at it in football, if you've got a team that you don't have to maybe the best players out there, but if you've got a team that knows how to win matches and knows how to do so at a certain level, you give it a go in the next level. If they know how they work, that could probably really work out for their favour. Yes, exactly. Well, we shall see uh, what happens uh, with that uh, going forward. But a uh, very interesting project, and I'm sure that won't be the last time Luke appears on the Kent Nonley podcast, and we will keep an eye out. Uh, Scaffold Division 1 is a, is, a, is a great division, I think, and, and with again, with four pr- promotion places up for grabs uh, next season, whenever that is, uh, it's going to be a, a, a very, very interesting league. And it, it, I, I guess as well, thinking about the situation we just talked about with Staplehurst and so many of their players moving on, I wonder if um, a, a club that... Uh, we both like it quite a bit, Matt Corinthian. I wonder how this is going to all affect them as well. Uh, we have heard recently uh, that the FA remain confident that the FA Trophy and FA Vars will be finished. So I guess that's a carrot uh, for, for Michael Golding. How are they going to do that? How I think, are they going to do that? I think that they will run it alongside the early rounds of next year's competitions, whenever that may be. But, I mean, it's it's absolutely fraught with with issues. But, uh, you know... I think I, about the FA Cup as well. How are they going to do that? The FA Cup hasn't finished now. Would will there be an FA Cup next season? I wouldn't have very much doubt it. You may find that the FA Cup starts in the third round when the big boys come in, and the the lower league clubs aren't even involved in that. Mm, the FA Vars is an interesting one because obviously teams who get far in it don't start. So there's no reason why the semi-finals can't be held on the same weekend as the as the uh, first qualifying round, yeah. or the second qualifying round, and the final held. Um, when another of the early rounds is on. So I think that is feasible, that is doable, and probably possibly the same with the FA Trophy, but uh, we will we will see uh, what happens with that. A couple of other bits and pieces uh, from around the pyramid. Uh, have you seen Herne Bay's pitch, Matt? Well, I haven't. Uh, on the NHS on it. Yeah, it is, yeah. So Herne Bay uh, last week decided to put... Uh, a, a, a thank you NHS across their playing surface because we've well, got nothing else to do with the pitch at the moment. And I thought it looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah, fair play to them. There's a lot of people who are doing things like that out there. When I go for my walk, the people have decorated houses. So fair play to the uh, Home Bay groundsmen for doing that. Yeah, do you get out and, and do your clapping on a Thursday night as well? We clap we clap on a Thursday, yeah, um, down our road. So And then sort of, yeah, we, the kids go enjoy it. Then, then they off to bed. So, yeah, we do our bit for the um, NHS. So we haven't, hasn't t- this disease hasn't touched me with anybody I actually know. So, um, which is thankful, but um, everybody uh, who's doing a job in the NHS and one of the other jobs, um, y- you have to give them maximum respect, so they deserve my applause. 
Absolutely. Uh, the uh, other club ones are quite a sitting born. Uh, obviously, we spoke to their new manager, Darren Blackburn, uh, a few weeks ago. I don't know when I don't know when I was speaking to people, but I know he hasn't had a training session with them yet uh, because of the, uh, the the lockdown and everything like that. Uh, however, they have launched their, their new lottery uh, this week. Uh, sitting born FC's lottery gives you a chance to win weekly prize of £50, monthly prize of £100 and a yearly prize of £500. Now, uh, you can join this. Uh, it's available via the Sitting Bourne website. Uh, however, their commercial director, Andrew Marjoram, is so confident that Sitting Bourne will reach the playoffs next season that if 300 or more new people sign up for the lottery uh, before the 30th of June and the club do not make the playoffs, he will give ev- all of those people... 20 pounds now that is putting your money where your mouth is isn't it so six grand at least yeah well fair play to them um i don't know what sitting born um oh, that is a bold statement i don't know if city would have got six thousand pounds but clearly um the marketing director <laughs> is doing something outside the box good luck to them so yes interesting times ahead from that um maybe city born are in a good position rather than some clubs so uh, from that, also, John, I, there was an article. I did speak to Andy Hessenthaler last week. Yes, go uh, hit me. Uh, off the record, I give a ring, see how he was getting on, because there was rumours that he would be leaving Dover. But uh, the consensus being that Dover may go foot part time, which I think a lot of sides in this division may have to do because of the financial constraints. But he was up for the challenge of carrying on. So, That's good to hear. So, so I've heard other rumours about Andy Hessenthaler about other clubs. Uh, as well but he said he was up for the challenge got another year on his contract at Dover and as he said before I've done it before in a part-time division and I and I can do it again and I think that you look at it a lot of players going to be out of contract they're not going to get mega sort of money so you may find that the National League will see a lot of players from the Football League come down into it again so you're using your talent maybe looking at academy boys and going from there but I see Solihull released about 16 players didn't they so a lot of clubs are getting rid of a play. It's going to be an interesting time next year. But Andy Hessenthal did say to me he was up for the challenge. So we'll wait to see and find out. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how how different everything is uh, whenever th- stuff restarts. But obviously that can't uh, happen an- until it's safe. And, and, you know, I think it's been well documented that sporting events are going to be at the very, very back of the queue. And, and uh, like entertainment is at the bottom. And we're just going to have to suck it up. But it will be intriguing see when that happens and talking of uh whispers and rumors uh, there is a, a, a very strong rumor uh, doing the rounds that uh the scaffold's top goal scorer will be uh finding a new club uh, uh over the course of the summer uh, or the extended summer uh rumor is uh that dan bradshaw friend of the show uh, is set to leave Sheppey united and join chatham town now what do you make of that one oh adding him down as mr Sheppey, didn't we um, mm. But Chatham, desperate to get out of this division, um, got, you know, weaken one of the uh, um, rivals and that. But he, he's a pro- proven goal scorer, and that could be the difference if Chatham can get promoted. So, um, and maybe he, you know, Sheppey are well supported. Chatham also well supported. So I think Sheppey will be absolutely distraught about that. But again, testing himself out maybe under Scott Lindsay, a decent coach, decent manager at that level. 
it'll be interesting how he gets on. You say about uh, Chatham and Sheppey both being well supported. Well, I actually have uh, in front of me a, a, gra- a graphic produced by Non-League Matters, brilliant website, uh, providing the average league attendances uh, for steps five and six. Uh, and this is all up and down the country. Uh, fifth placed average attendance, Chatham Town 405. In nine, 18th place with an average of 265 were Tunbridge Wells. And in 19th place, with an average of 261, Sheppey United. And one other Kent team also made the top 60. I don't know why it's 60, it's just that. Uh, in 48th place, Deal Town, with an average home attendance of 187. So it does just go to show just how well supported this the, the, the league is, the scaffold. Yeah, 405 for Chatham. Um, I think certain sides in the, in the, the leagues above will be happy with that. So... I think um, there's a bit of a feel-good factor around the club now that Scott Lindsay's in there doing a job. So they'll be desperate to get out of it. So that's a really good attendance. I know they've had some high ones, but yeah, I think that's, a, that's an excellent um, average attendance. And hopefully that can continue next year when people may not have left money, but they still want to go and watch their football. I'm going to have a bit of fun now. Uh, do you want to try and guess the identity of any of the other top 10? Um, some northern teams. There are plenty of northern teams. Uh, second, third, fourth, eighth and ninth are all uh, from, I think, the Northern League. Stockton Town, Concert, Shieldon, North Shields and Whitley Bay. Uh, in sixth place was North Ferriby, obviously a former National League yep. team. Uh, Coventry United in seventh. Uh, in in tenth was Stowmarket Town, obviously beat Glebe in the FA Vars. Uh, but the most best supported team uh, in steps five and six, crucially, and six is Jersey Balls, who were bringing in 697 uh, supporters on average in their home games. And bear in mind, they won every single game they played all season and didn't get promoted. Uh, so that just shows that they are the new Guernsey, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting to see how they, if they can keep, I presume they'll go again and see what they can do. So, um, yeah, the new Guernsey, one side will break through eventually. Maybe it could be them. It certainly could be. Uh, so, right, so we're still sort of on lockdown then, Matt. Uh, I suppose nothing's really changed. What, what are you up to apart from educating your children? A lot of baking. Really a lot of... Um, uh, I've made a moussaka. I've made a cottage pie. I've made Cornish pasties. I made a few loaves of bread. I made a... Um, a cake, which was in the bits. Oh, I think it was called... Um, what we got? It's, it's like a. Um, I made a cake, but it wasn't very good. It's a toffee one, isn't it? Can't remember what I've called it now. It's got toffee and cream. Uh, banoffee pie. Banoffee oh, pie yeah. cake. It was. It was a bit sickly. So, but I, I'm going to go and after we finished here, after have my lunch, I will um, make another loaf. So I'm making and I've made a nice chicken and ham pie. So I'm cooking a lot, to be honest, as well yeah, as I'll, teaching. So I made quite a sticky toffee that. pudding the other day. That was quite nice. Did, uh, did you um, did you have the special thing or did you just make the toffee yourself? Cause it it was I'm... a bit of a cheats recipe from Nigella, so uh, but it was good. Uh, and I'm doing later on. I'm doing a Greek fish dish for our tea. So uh, the the other half is currently outside sourcing some fish. I don't, I don't think she's gone fishing. I think she's gone to the fish shop, but she's uh, outsourcing fish while we do that. Do you know what I've been doing a lot of over the past few weeks? Well. Uh, I've got a cartridge pressure washer, uh, so I've pressure washed everything out in our back garden to within an inch of its life. Uh, but I've also been doing a lot of adult dot-to-dot books. Adult as in naughty pictures or adult as in 
lot of uh, numbers to get into. Ad- advanced level, I would say, rather how than... Many, how many dots do you want to join? Uh, I think the highest I've had is 500-odd. Uh, and what did that picture give you? I can't remember. Basically, it's it's supposed to be a. Uh, I think it was just a book that it was bought for a present. I think my mum and dad bought it for me. Um, and it is uh, sort of mindfulness dot to dot. So I've done like lots of um, far eastern sort of uh, figures and and buildings and things like that. And and the 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 guy at the start of the book, his name uh, is Chris Bell. He says, I want you to think about uh, your what you're drawing and meditate while you're doing this. Would you know what, Chris? It would be a hell of a lot easier if you could actually put all the dots on the page. The amount of times now that I find uh, I've been doing these puzzles and all of a sudden two numbers aren't there or one time there was 10 numbers were repeated. It's not fun, Chris. Chris, it's not fun. I, I, I want to relax when I'm doing this, but your substandard book is making this very difficult for me. Is there any naughty pictures you have to do as well? No, they're just like... like you probably can get adult, adult dot to dot. <laughs> I bet you can get an adult dot to dot book. I'm going to try it. That might be my uh, next might be one. my next my next one because I've nearly finished this one. Uh, so we shall uh, we shall see uh, what goes on with that. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the end of this week's Kent Lonnie podcast. I haven't really discussed uh, with Matt off the record what we're going to do next. I think we'll do one next week, mate. Uh, hopefully, we'll have the national league decision by then. And if that uh, is uh, it, do you reckon really believe that? Well, you don't know. But I think once we get the National League decision, I think we should do a sort of review of the season. Uh, I'll talk about our highlights and then maybe knock it on the head for the summer. Maybe that could be it, mate, and see what, well, hopefully the summer and see what happens from there, really, isn't it? So it's a little bit I mean, concerning. Don't get me wrong, I've been absolutely gagging to this podcast just because I had loads of stuff I wanted to rant about. So uh, I've managed to get all that done. Uh, but no, we, we will, we'll keep playing it by ear because we do enjoy doing this and uh, we hope you all still enjoy listening to the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's the end of this week's show. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. As always, uh, we... You can find us on Twitter. We are at Kent NL Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. We're on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast. You can find us on there. And do feel free to send us a message, interact with us, have a chat with us. We'd love to hear from you because trust us, we're both in lockdown with just our families. We love hearing from other voices. It's really not a problem. Um, yeah, thanks to Luke Walland. I spoke to him last week and uh, kind of made it feel like it was quite urgent. I'd speak to him and obviously he's been waiting a while for the, sh- uh, for the show to be released. Uh, but hopefully uh, he'll be on the show again in the future when this season does start. And all that really remains to say is please keep safe, look after each other. Uh, if you don't agree with the government's latest guidance, then just ignore it and just stay in, stay safe. Uh, whatever, whatever, whatever slogan works for you. But all we've got to do is look after each other. Keep this horrible virus away from each other so that we can all keep talking and one day non-league football will be back and you can rest assured we'll be here talking about it but thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you next week i reiterate whatever john said stay safe out there don't forget my quizzes three o'clock facebook david cricketer site i'll try not to cock it up this week